again. Welcome to this podcast, this video series put on by Hudson River Presbytery called Rivers of Faith. And we are continuing on in a series of videos about the various grants that Hudson River Presbytery provides to congregations, worshiping communities, and and and, and the amazing things that, that people have been able to do with these funds. And we're continuing on with that today by looking at the legacy grant. Now, uh, you might have heard about some of the other ones that we've talked about, but I, I am excited to talk about the legacy fund that is is available. And to help walk through this conversation with us, we have Kathy Surgener, who is with us from the Grants Committee, and we are so very happy that she is here to help share a little more light about what this fund has been used for and what you might be able to do with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, hello, Kathy, and thank you again for taking the time to help walk us through the the legacy fund and to to shed some light on it for us thank you casey um this is an exciting uh grant fund and um i'm happy to be able to share some of what we've done and um, what other churches uh, might be able to do with with these funds because um, it is the largest of the grant funds and provides the biggest grants yeah now i think reading over the grant description for the legacy fund. And mm -hmm. if we compared that to some of the other things that are on the Presbytery website. So if you are watching or listening to this, you can also hop on to the Hudson River Valley or Hudson River Presbytery website and go to the grants tab to learn more. But I think we you know we learned about some of the other ones like the challenge to change grant, which talked about using funds that go outside operational expenses. And I guess, um, how, how would you sort of define the legacy fund? I would say that it too um, is provided for churches that want to try something um, that's new or they have a program that they've been using that they want to make a, a major change or expansion of um, and wouldn't have the funds to do that um, internally. We want to um, be able to support churches and church entities um, to do the kinds of things that the presbytery had done perhaps in the past as far as you know, hunger or uh, they had done the prison reform they had done various things at programming at a presbytery level and we had decided as a presbytery to turn away from that and to turn more towards supporting the churches in the efforts that they were making so the legacy fund just happened to coincide with that change. And um, it does provide anywhere from 10 to $150,000 for churches that are undertaking something um, like that. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get to it later on, but just a, a quick cap at the top is, so is, that, is those funds in a one-time grant or something that you apply uh, for over multiple sort of application? You can do it either as a one-year grant um if you're applying for the larger amount then it would be a multiple year grant gotcha uh, i would almost say it's like 50 50 50 but if you have a project that needs a big capital investment at the beginning then we would look at that and adjust it but okay. it can be up to three years okay now i think one of the the really neat things that that we've done throughout these series is sort of look at the history behind these 
funds that have been made available to congregations and worshiping communities in, in the presbytery. And I was wondering if you could shed a little more insight for, for folks who may not know the background of the legacy fund. Sure. Um, we had originally had the challenge to change fund, which was funded by the closing of a particular church. Um, and then um, I don't have the date, but the Poughkeepsie Presbyterian Church, First Presbyterian Church of Poughkeepsie, uh, decided to sell their building and to merge with um, LaGrange, uh, the Freedom Plains Presbyterian Church. And when that happened, uh, they gave away a lot of the um, proceeds from that sale uh, to individual projects that they wanted to support. But then they gave a large amount um, to the Presbytery at large to give out his grants. And so a whole committee was set up to deal with that. And that required a lot of time and energy. I think it was successful, but we, the Presbytery decided they didn't want to have to reestablish a committee every time something like that happened. So yeah. uh, during um, the time of transition, when, um, um, Oh, no, I'm just forgetting his name. Um, oh, uh, Gavin, I think. Gavin, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. When Gavin was the interim presbyter, a uh, committee was set up, uh, various people to look at sort of a standard way of giving out those larger sums. And so during that time, um, they came up with this process and they had, I think, two public gatherings for Presbyterians to make comments and uh, have some voice into what, went into the uh to the grant and so th that's where this came from so around 2016 we started giving out the first grants and do you know what some of those first grants were back in 2016 what they um, were yes the first ones were um two of them were sort of large presbyterian institutions that kind of were in a position to be able to respond immediately mm. um one of them was the uh, Holmes Camp, which was um, in a huge uh, renovation um, campaign. And they specifically were looking for ways to, to improve the um, building where youth stayed, the Nunamaker building. And so that was one of them. Um, the other one, I believe we were um, transitioning away from supporting um, the prison reform project. And uh, we gave them a grant to kind of continue mm. that work. And then the third one was, um, um, I believe that was Spirit Talk. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting talking about some of these early projects because I'm, I'm sure since 2016, there's been numerous other projects that have arisen out of this legacy fund. And uh, I was just wondering if you could perhaps list, uh, list them for folks, you know, uh, and, and if there's one that maybe we, we can't really judge the name, uh, judge what the project was in terms of what it did, <laughs> I'll maybe okay. ask you to just give a, a, a like a one line sentence about it. So, so you mentioned spirit talk. Um, uh -huh. I, I was wondering uh, what some of the other ones would, would have been then. Okay, let me just, um, I've got a sheet here that lists, I think, all of them. Okay. I just have to find the, yeah. Um, so in, I might have to actually pull it up here. 
um, in 2016, um, let me go to 2016 here. I don't know if you can see this, maybe not. Yeah, but, I mean, I, uh, I see, you know, like Connect Faith, I think is another one that's been funded by. Okay, uh, the, the Pleasantville Hunger Program mm. was the other one, I'm sorry, for 2016. And that was an interesting one because um, we gave them $80,000 over a three year period. And they originally had, um, let me just put this back down. They had originally planned to um, provide breakfast for young people on their way to school that um, needed some food assistance. But they discovered that no matter how innocuous they made it, the kids didn't want to be seen stopping by to pick up a brown bag breakfast. So they had to reassess what they were doing. And one of the ways that they uh, changed was that they started just putting out bowls of fruit for all the community groups that met in their uh, space. Mm. And then they teamed up with another congregation that primarily served immigrant community um, and started working through them to provide food. So um, they were able to adapt and they sent us the changes that they wanted to make and we approved them. And so that was one of the ones that, that went forward. Um, and then yeah. in 2017, if you wanna do them chronologically, um, 2017, we had um, Spirit Talk, that was 2017. And then we had the Scarborough Austin Emergency Fund um, where they were providing shelter um, during the winter months and needed um, a small amount. Really, they only got 36,000 over three years to keep that running um, to provide shelter and dinner for uh, homeless during the winter months. And then in 2018, we didn't have any new applications. In 2019, we had several. Um, the Westchester Youth Alliance wanted to hire a um, program director. And so we gave them $80,000 over a two year period in which to do that. And they are moving ahead um, with that work. They've done some amazing interfaith work with teenagers in the Westchester area. And um, they are applying for their own uh, 501c3 funding. And once they get that, um, they will be able to access grants from non-religious organizations. They've already um, worked with the Aspen Institute and gotten really good feed feedback from them. We yeah, have I, I've seen, yeah, these, these projects have really, really been diverse in terms of what they've addressed in the needs of, of these various communities. You know, you talked about the emergency shelter or, uh, you know, looking at some of these projects, I know that there's there's one that have have responded to the pandemic. There's ones right. that have provided space for the creative arts, and, and so there's so much that has gone on in terms of people having these visions for what their communities could do to to really connect with one another, and that's been so cool. And I, yeah. I think it would be really interesting at this point to perhaps talk about one, and I know that we've we've mentioned it. Uh, okay. a few times already and, and that is spirit talk so I was, I was wondering if we could dive a, a little uh, bit into spirit talk and, and you could give us a, a little deeper insight into into what into sure. what that's about spirit talk um was kind of the brainstorm of uh folks in 
Peekskill, uh, the Presbyterian Church there, they didn't want to really change what they were doing for their worship service, but they recognized that there were um, people in their community that really weren't responding to the traditional worship service. And Stephanie Graham um, wanted to find a way to reach out, particularly to young professionals that were moving up from the city and might have a more diverse um, faith background or a more seeking background. And so um, this is part of the PCUSA's new worshiping uh, communities initiative. And they got that small grant originally and then we were able to help them um, reach out to these unchurched people who um, might respond to something a little different. And so we help them to renovate their social hall into a worship center and by just providing the funds for that and um, giving them some more technological capability. They started holding their first services in July, August, and September. And oh, wow. then they were continuing um, in February of 2018. They wanted to expand to two services monthly. And they also sometimes meet outside the church in various places within the community. And I know they were thinking about starting a hiking group. Oh, wow. That's... That, that would do worship uh, on a hike. So I think that's been a, a pretty successful um, project. Okay. And I think there's, you know, before, before we talk about then how people go about applying for this grant, I was wondering, was there anything you wanted to touch on in particular in regards to the new capital loan grant fund? Because uh, I know that is somewhat so, newer. Yeah. So um, one of the things that several of the churches had asked for was funding for capital projects. And that has always been um, kind of a challenge for us because we don't wanna just be paying for capital changes in churches, which really the churches should be doing for themselves. Um, we fund things that they need to have some capital change in order to be able to do their outreach project or a major change in what they're doing. So <clears throat> we did put in a, uh, last year, we tried to put in a very small line about you could apply for small amounts and we tried to restrict it, but we immediately got a lot of applications for a lot more money and things that would have been hard for us to respond to. Um, and so the, the council looked at that, the Presbyterian Council and said, yeah, really that's not what Legacy was set up to do, but it is a need that is very prevalent in the Presbytery and we should be able to provide that kind of help. So they have now set up a separate entity um, that is out of um, finance and property committee that um, you can apply to for um, funds to meet a capital need that you can't manage on your own. And so there's two phases to it. There's one that is um, strictly a loan over, I think it's four years. And then for a, there are, um, possibility of funds for a larger project that would be um, first a loan and then a grant. That's a much, it has very different criteria than what we have. Um, and we just feel that as a council, we felt that that was a better approach rather yeah. than trying to fit a peg into a 
<laughs> a round yeah. peg into a square hole. Yeah. So I, I, again, for everyone who's either watching and listening at this point, especially if you want to hear more or learn more about some of these projects that have have come out of this legacy fund, I, I really encourage you to go to the Presbytery website, click the grants tab and, and read some yeah. of the, these stories and experiences. And if, if any of this has inspired you and you would like to apply for this grant, uh, Kathy, are, are, there, are there requirements for this grant? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the application is uh, on the website. And um, we try to make the process um, as um, doable as possible. So um, the first thing that you would do is if you, if you have an idea that you think would be um, viable and that would fit, talk to your session and get their buy-in and then approach the Grants Council and um, we will ask you to fill out a concept paper, which could be one or two pages and it has some specific questions that are there um, in the Legacy Fund grant application. Um, answer those questions and submit them. And the, the committee will take a look at that and say, does this fit? Do we think this is worth a full application? We don't want people to fill out a full application um, if it's not something that we think we could fund. And just quickly, are other things like having your minutes approved and being up to date on per capita, is that part of the requirements for the legacy? It is. Okay. Yes, it is. Just wanted to make sure because I know that has been a requirement for some of the other grants and just want yeah. to put that out there for folks as well. Right. Yeah, you need to be current um, and a you know, full participating uh, member of, of Presbytery. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, if, it, if it's a group like the Westchester Youth Alliance, um, then the criteria are a little different. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess the last question is, and maybe I think you've sort of hinted on that already, but is there a process people should go about in terms of if they have questions about the application process, about who they contact? I, I imagine, you know, if they reach out to the Presbytery office, we would be able to put them in touch with someone from the grants committee. Right. Um, once you've uh, submitted your uh, concept paper, if the committee says, oh yeah, this is something we want to learn more about and we're going to encourage them to fill out a full application, you will be um, assigned a person from the grants committee that will walk through the process with you. Oh, that's very answer, helpful. Yeah, answer any questions that you have. And um, what will probably happen is um, that person will tell you what we liked and, and tell you about the application process answer any questions you have as you fill it out. You would uh, submit the full application. We would take a look at it. We might have questions um, or concerns. Then the liaison would get back to you with those and help you figure out, you know, do you want to make changes that would allow this to go forward or what do you want to do? Um, then it would be looked at again. And um, usually that, that's about how long it would take. Is So it's a couple of meetings usually. Yeah. Well, I, that's very helpful. So, so thank you, Kathy. And once again, I encourage you to go to our website, the, the Hudson River Presbytery website to learn more by clicking on that grants tab where you can find all these applications where you can 
the information, the stories of other people who've received these grants. And I just would like to thank you, Kathy, for spending some time with us today and, and oh, helping us to welcome. learn more about the Legacy Fund. <laughs> uh, well, we're excited about it. And we love being a part of watching the churches take on these challenges and just um, do amazing work. Yeah. So thank you, and, and thank you for joining us for this episode thank of you, Rivers Casey. of Faith, and we'll see you again with a, another video or and recording about the life and happenings uh, that are happening here in Hudson River Presbytery. So until next time, see you then. Okay.